This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Old I am. You were ripped to this morning. Good morning, Ronnie Martin. How are you, Mr. Jones? Uh, city councilman. I'm fine. Uh, 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 banker, th- uh, top banker in, in here in, in Rutherford County. And you have a uh, you have a pretty much a finger in everything as far as how our city continues to grow and and all the things that are given. I mean, you were a big part of the uh, when the virus hit reaching out to the small businesses and, and got them through some of the hard times. Uh, let, let, let's talk about the growth now in, in uh, Rutherford County, especially in Murfreesboro. Okay. Um, the impact fee. Yes. Uh, it's always a big discussion at the coffee table in right. the morning. Um, it, it, it's, I think that what I'm understanding is I think that most people that I have talked to mm-hmm. are actually for an impact fee. Now, it just uh, the, the big question will be how much will it be? Right. I, I, I happen to be talking to Brian Hercules, who is the city manager in uh, Smyrna yep. this morning, and no, Brian. had a nice uh, conversation with him. And uh, they feel uh, theirs is, um, first of all, the one uh, amount that people talk more about than any other was the six thousand dollars. I, I believe that was in the newspaper. Right? Yeah, that was in the newspaper. But uh, it, it, it really, if if people understand what's being done with that impact fee, right, it makes it a whole lot more popular. It, it's especially with the the residents that have been here a while and sure. they've gone through all the process of raising kids and and um, depending on law enforcement and those type things. Right. Uh, give me a little bit of a view of what you guys are actually looking at. So the uh, the interesting thing that I learned because you know I'm continuing to I've, I've been a council member for two years yeah, and you've done a great job too um, and, and and I appreciate that it, it's been very educational um, there's a lot to learn the city is big and you can't possibly have mastery you know over everything that's going on so yeah. with that acknowledgement I, I've tried very hard to be a student of every topic we have gone through, I've tried to learn as much as I can about that. And so, you know, this situation is no different. Um, What you don't realize about impact fees or the discussion about impact fees is that has to start with what a municipality can legally do and legally not do. So Mm -hmm. there's some things you have to cover there. Um, We did a study which um, our senior staff was involved in providing some parameters, you know, for 
um, the consultant to go examine. And part of that was looking at other areas and our growth and, and things like that, specifically in Murfreesboro. And so we've been given back a report. And, you know, what was interesting in that is, uh, you know, everybody wants to, it's a, I don't know how big it was, probably a 50, 70 page report. And everybody just wants to know what's the number, right? So you don't yeah. go through all the analysis. You yeah. just say, what's the number? And I think it was $6,200 was the number. But what you have to really do is um, kind of peel that back and say, how did we get there? And what were the assumptions behind that? And what are we trying to do with the money? What What's the purpose of the money? And, you know, kind of back into that math. And so what was most interesting to me, two things probably, and a lot of people probably do not know this, in our analysis we looked at streets uh, and we looked at parks. So mm-hmm. what is the impact when that new development has on streets and the roadway network and what is the impact that people moving in, um, for parks mostly it's residential, what impact does that have on the quality of the um, parks and rec department that we have, greenways, parks, all that sort of stuff? And the thing that was shocking, most shocking to me, the first thing was that the of that $6,000 number-ish, um, $3,800 of that was proposed to go towards uh, softening the impact on parks and recreation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know that. So you're thinking, you know, what do you do with the money that you get from an impact fee? The study that we had, the majority of that money or a larger uh, amount of that money would go to parks than to streets. So, you know, me, certainly uh, I, I'm an advocate for our park system, but I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that, you know, the majority of that impact fee would go towards parks. Um, so Did that's talked to Nate Williams about that. <laughs> so, you know, we've had Nate on the show, yeah. so, you know, he's a friend yeah. and, uh, Nate's great at his job. Yeah. But, uh, in the chair that I sit in, you know, I've got to be very cognizant of what we do with that money and the precedent that we set moving forward. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just couldn't get comfortable with the fact that we would be spending more on parks and we'd be spending on streets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and roads in the city. And so, the other thing that was really surprising is, uh, you know, all of us have our own unique opinions and biases and, you know, subjective thoughts about things. Of and course. so what I wanted to do, um, and, and for any of my friends that I know that are in real estate development, uh, especially in apartments, they'll be like, oh, here Ronnie goes about this. But, mm-hmm. you know, what I would have liked to have done ideally was to say, and I think most people feel this way, Let's make it more expensive to develop apartments. So let's charge more per door for apartments mm-hmm. and charge less for residential housing. And maybe we make it more affordable. So we charge less for the lower end homes and we make it more expensive for the larger homes. Mm-hmm. And again, all of that is imperfect. You're, gonna, you're going to make some segments and some individual groups happier and more angry You know, as you start doing that. But the reality is that you, you really can't pick winners and losers because you're discriminating, okay, against certain property, certain landowners, certain things. And so that's part of the legal aspect that you circle back to that you realize that, you know, hey, I can't arbitrarily do things. I have to create this nexus of information and reasoning and rationale for why we do what we do so that it is legal and so that we can use these funds. And so... Um, that was very educational, you know, to me. Uh, I think it goes back to um, where we start is what do we want uh, 
to do with the monies and how do we make sure that the monies are used for what they're intended for. You know, would we dump um, impact fees into the general fund and operate out of it? And the answer is no. And, you know, that will be some relief to the people that will be paying it because what they do not want, uh, and it goes back to the comment you made that, you know, some of the people that you've talked to largely are not against it. And, and that includes developers and home builders. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not necessarily against it. They just want to make sure that, like most people, government is wise with the money. They use the money for what it was intended for. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, another learning opportunity for me that in this case, if we do an impact fee, if we say whatever the number is, 4000 6000 whatever, um, and it, we're going to charge this and it's going to go for roads – it has to be put in a separate account. It has to be used for roads. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the process we're going through now to figure out, you know, how do we legally uh, do this? Where are we comfortable from, you know, a total dollar amount? I, I would be one, and I've heard some of the other council members comment on this, and this was something that came from my discussions with builders and developers. Mm-hmm. You know, should you pay $6,000? Uh, impact fee on, let's say, a $200,000 home. Well, that's tough uh, because of the size of the impact fee and the cost of the home. Would you, is it, is it as difficult to absorb that cost in, say, a $500,000 home or a $600,000 home? Well, a $6,000 fee on a $600,000 home is not as challenging, I'm going to say, from a builder standpoint as it would be a $6,000 fee on a $200,000 home because from a percentage of the total cost of the home. And so finding the right balance between those things where, you know, we're creating revenue to, you know, to basically help improve the roadway network in our city mm-hmm. versus put an, uh, a fee where it discourages growth, where it discourages development, and if you don't have people building and developing, we're not collecting a fee, right? So there's yeah. so there's no incentive. So uh, all of that was very educational. Uh, it was very interesting. Right now where we are in the process, the consultant will be reaching out, um, doing stakeholder meetings to those people uh, in the community to kind of get their ideas and their opinions and and support and buy-in for how we structure this ultimately, as well as, you know, you mentioned uh, Brian Hercules and Smyrna looking at what other adjacent communities and municipalities are charging to make sure that, you know, we're we're collecting enough to accomplish the goal, uh, but not enough to send everybody else, you know, into other cities and communities to be investing. Um, Can you see, uh, all right, we're, we're talking about major homes uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the 500,000 plus. Yes, sir. Uh, can the builders, uh, can they absorb the the small, smaller $200,000 uh, homes that they build? Can they absorb a lot more of that $6,000? Or, or uh, I'm sure that the guy, the company, the firm right. that did the study, I I was really shocked when you when you mentioned this morning that it doesn't include all the other costs, which would be schools, which is a major right. cost, right. Uh, public safety, which is a major cost, right. and and it's a it's a it's a continual thing where you you have to hire more and more people, and and uh, the uh, uh, public schools, uh, I mean. 
uh, that's one thing that people who move into the community, that's one thing they're looking at, and they're right. also looking at the safety. Of course, uh, if you've been driving on the streets very often, um, that becomes a big problem for people who live here, and the ones that are coming in are adding on to that particular problem. Right. So uh, I was just, I was just kind of bumfuzzled, you might say, and in, in, in when it took those particular items, those two items. Well, and so that again, talking about growing uh, in your service and in in what I do as a council member, mm-hmm. um, I didn't understand, and so I didn't know enough to ask the question early on of why are we just doing roads and parks, mm-hmm. you know, an impact on recreation. In hindsight, you know, to your point, we could have done schools, we could have done uh, public safety, police mm-hmm. and fire. Um, when you look at this company that did this, it's a very reputable company. They really can do it on anything we ask them to do. What is the impact of growth on anything, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I have asked myself the question multiple times, how did we – streets to me is a very obvious thing, yeah. right? So that's – we know that needed to be done because that – when you look at our – Uh, backlog of uh, capital improvements to the city Uh, and if you drive through our city this is something that you compliment us on all the time about how good traffic is when you drive around the city yeah i still haven't figured out who that person (laughs) is that's putting that little computer thing on my car so that every light i come to right turns red but um but you can see some of the struggle you know the infrastructure Mm -hmm. struggle that we have so that's pretty obvious but you know, why parks and rec? Well, I don't have a great answer for that. It mm-hmm. was just the, the staff recommendation that we do. And why not schools? I don't have a great answer for that either. But what I will tell you is it is interesting how, as a decision maker, you know, we're somewhat boxed in to a decision at this point because we have to use the data we have in front of us to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And what we have information on is parks and streets. And so, you know, I would probably be one um, where, you know, I would probably lean in the direction of, even though based on the study that was done, there was more do- there were more dollars proposed to be allocated for parks than streets, I would flip that on its head and just intuitively I would say, you know, we absolutely need more money go to, to go to streets than mm-hmm. we do parks. <laughs> but this is where you go into, you know, how, the information we asked for, right? Mm-hmm. So when you get into, well, you know, someone to say, well, how in the world could that be? How in the world could parks, the impact on parks be greater than the impact on roads? So what we did is we said, hey, here's some data points we want you to examine. Mm-hmm. And that was based on, and I'm talking about parks, that was based on the amount of acres we have dedicated to parks and recreation, mm-hmm. you know, greenway trails, facilities, uh, what the square footage of the commercial space is that we have right now in comparison to the population. Mm-hmm. And then when you start looking at what it would cost to provide the same level of service, the same level of amenity, mm-hmm. every time a new person comes in, that's where you get that that $3,800 number. Yeah. So what that means is we provide a very high level of recreation in our community. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's not a bad thing. That's yeah. a good thing. But you get somewhat boxed in when you're talking about saying, hey, what I, just Ronnie Martin's opinion, um, believe is is of critical you know, concern right now 
is investments in roadways, investments in infrastructure to move people through our city better. It'd be hard for me to argue that, you know, the focus needs to be on parks and recreation, but I in no way want to minimize for anybody that's a, you know, an absolute lover of parks and recreation that that's not important. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I just personally don't feel like that's as critical a need as the, the streets and the roads. I, th- I think that one thing that I found out years ago when we we're having to deal with some of those things was that we're always at least a year behind yeah. the growth. And as the growth continues to spiral upward, we can get so far behind that it's going to be very difficult for people to be able to to live in the city if you don't have it managed correctly, which you guys are are doing a great job on. Well, and that's really insightful, and I think that comes from, you know, you having tons of experience, you know, firsthand and just seeing what has happened. Having to fight for my my budget. Well, yeah. Pretty much. Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do better about, you know, as you learn and grow in competency, you you become more capable of, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing in the future and and not making the same mistakes and, and, of course – you know, along with that comes the awareness of how did we get here? Well, I can sort of see how we got here. Not only are we always a year behind in some of those things, but, yeah. you know, we talked about this a little before the show. You get in a situation where, like in any company, for example, or any sports organization or any team, mm-hmm. um, as you have turnover, and whether it be owners or coaches or players, yeah. You know, there's some institutional knowledge lost, and and there's some there are some um, visionary things for the community that are lost and change. And so, you know, one of the things that um, was was difficult for me recently, we were just you're talking about having to fight for your budget. Well, you know, I've been very I've been a very strong advocate for us given the low interest rate environment and the low cost of borrowing, you know, today when you're trying to get a loan, whether it be personally or, or a municipal city, you know, to fund roadway projects and things like that, money's pretty cheap right now, you yeah. know, to borrow. Um, I've been an advocate for taking advantage of that and investing very much in heavy infrastructure for streets and roads. And I think the council and the staff, you know, we all, I think, believe that that's a good thing to do. Generally speaking, um, where it gets tricky and where you, as a council member, as a part-time council member, you start trying to figure out exactly where you fit Mm -hmm. and which lane to stay in. You know, uh, you get into these modes where you say, okay, what are the road projects that we've had on the list that we need to do for the longest period of time that we haven't had the resources to fund or there wasn't the long-term vision to fund or we – there was always some bigger problem that, you know, took precedent for us to solve over this road, for example. Well, I would be in the frame of mind of, hey, let's clean all that stuff up. And while we might have these, you know, um, what I would call super projects that we want to do, and I think mm-hmm. Cherry Lane is one of those, um, that's a very expensive project. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like a $65 million project, most of which, when as we, and this may change, but up to this point, most of the funding for that has been discussed in coming from the city of Murfreesboro, not from the state. You know, we get a lot of, of funds from the state to do some of our road projects. But uh, up to this point, a lot of that funding has been on the city's back. Well, when you start thinking about 
roads that we're going to improve, um, you know, I, I would argue that if there's a backlog in road projects that have been around for 10 years, um, those are things we really need to clean up because the, the further in the future we get and the further behind we leave some of those projects, I think the easier it, it is to ignore some of those projects. And there's always going to be pressure on, um, you know, if we continue to grow as a community, on road projects, on capital projects in the city. And, you know, I think now is the time to clean some of those things up. And, and, and generally speaking, I think the staff thinks that as well. Uh, but this goes back to being a council member. You know, is it my job to decide which roadway projects we do? Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, how do you overlay that with the vision of the council and how we direct staff? That's where it gets tough. You know, mm-hmm. you don't exactly know if you're in the right lane and where to stay and how do we all get an agreement on that. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of years, but we're in a great position financially. The city is. Uh, a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, the property tax increase we did, um, you know, two years ago. It's created a stable, sustainable revenue source for us to operate the city. Um, You know, I I think I told you this, um, you know, sales tax numbers for the year, despite as crazy as 2020 has been, you know, they're up. Sales tax revenue numbers are up. And so that's amazing. It is amazing. Um, And it's counterintuitive in a lot of ways when you hear businesses are going out of business and you walk into certain places and they're empty. But what has happened is those sales tax receipts have shifted from places that you couldn't spend money, in some cases restaurants, Mm -hmm. to places that you could spend money. So I think the takeaway is people are still spending money. Consumer confidence, despite everything that's going on, is still really high. And people are, I think, you know, concerned about the virus and they have health concerns and economy concerns, but people are still spending money. And so as long as people are spending money, things are still going to be good. So, Have you um, had the uh, – or I'm sure you had a lot of conversation with the people that came in here and did the study. Was it open? I had zero conversation with those people. Oh, bless your heart. The staff does that, so I had yeah. none whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Now We just got the report. Okay. Did they have the opportunity to talk to all of the – managers of each department not just those two we're talking about Mm -hmm. but uh something like a a a 10-year growth or a 15-year growth or anything like that i I presume that they i it's kind of um throw me a curve because i would have thought it would been the entire city budget and where it's grown yeah as far as um who the consultants had access to, I'm going to assume that is senior staff, which mm-hmm. would have been the city manager, Craig Tindall, um, Gary Whitaker, who's the assistant city manager, and uh, Darren Gore, who's the assistant city manager. Now, they may well have had, if you think about um, you know, what we've been talking about with parks, they may have had access to Nate. Nate may have had input in that. Mm-hmm. I just – the council as a whole um, was not privy to any of that information um, you know, the the staff handled that, and then we got the report. And mm-hmm. so it, it's, you know, and that's another thing that's we talked about kind of staying in your lane as a council member and being mm-hmm. part-time. It is a constant struggle for me, candidly, um, because I want to have enough information to feel like when I make a decision, 
on something that we vote on mm-hmm. that I'm well informed and I understand <clears throat> what we're doing and that way if I get asked a question you know hey Ronnie I think this is a bonehead move or you're a knucklehead for doing this if I can't give a good answer for that then I kind of am a knucklehead because I don't know why I did what I did and so you know I said early on I don't want to be in the position where I don't understand what we're doing and why we're doing it um, but I can tell you that cramps staff style sometimes you know it's they view that as us being outside of our lane and we're supposed to get the information and make a decision on certain things and that's hard for me to do sometimes so I don't sometimes I probably am overzealous um, with warning information and I'm probably a pain in the neck to staff but I, I don't intend to be it's just me trying to build. I would think that you're doing something positive for them if I worked in any of those particular uh, groups, I would be very proud that we've got a city councilman who is working hard to find out what the particular needs and the cost of the needs and all those type things so you can respond. You've always responded um, very um, uh, intelligently uh, as far as staying with um, those particular issues that are facing the city and 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 to be able to stay ahead of it, I'm glad that you you've done the study on on the impact fee and uh, and I think most people are happy that we've got someone who understands the entire process and I don't know how you do it because uh, with going through the the pandemic, I know that uh, uh, Pinnacle Bank. Uh, w- w- where uh, you are, I know that you've had to make some very tough decisions during that particular time and stay with it. And, of course, you're very uh, fortunate to have the great staff that you oh, do, too. Oh, there's no too. question. Jan's I mean, at, we talked about Jan not being here today. She's yeah. at work grinding it out right now before Thanksgiving because we think we had 11 or 12 loans to close in three days before the holiday. So she's there. Does Larry and Bobby know that? Is, is she supposed to be cooking a turkey or something? You know, I don't know. She mentioned something about bringing fried chicken from Walmart for Thanksgiving Day. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> can, can we go over and eat with her? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what the plan is. Yeah. So. Boy, it, it is a great time. Uh, I, I didn't even realize that we were getting so close to Thanksgiving until the weather turned. and mm-hmm. Oh, you, you missed a big breakfast this morning. Everybody was just... Um, uh, they were on top of their game. Yeah, yeah they, they really were. There's something about Thanksgiving. Uh, what are you doing Thanksgiving. on Thanksgiving Day? So, you know, I think, and and because of the COVID things that we're dealing with and the health, you know, concerns everybody has, you know, Cynthia's parents are, are older, and so we want to be very careful. Are they my age? Um, I think. They're, Probably younger. Yeah, so, yeah. She, 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 she's still a baby. Yeah, they are yeah. babies, yeah. yeah. He's not, but she is. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think we're going to go to her brother's, um, mm-hmm. and I think we've got a plan. He's going to take, believe it or not, they're going to take temperatures at the door. And, Ooh. Yep. And, and all of that to keep family safe. You know, we're just trying to do our part to keep each other safe. That would depress me. You know, you gotta just adapt and adjust. You gotta figure out a way to keep going and enjoy, you know, the holidays and enjoy each other, even if it is behind a mask with rubber gloves. And are, are you having the same numbers that you're having? Well, our numbers are smaller this time. Uh, we we're spread out a, a little bit more than 
we have been in the past. I think the plan, I think the ladies have orchestrated that. I think uh, the plan is for us to be more spread out. I actually think we're going to do it outside so that we can spread out and not even do it inside. So, Are you sure you're going to be outside tomorrow? I don't know. Maybe not long. Maybe just while we eat. It may be a short Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, come on, Ronnie. Hey, I, I, look, I will tell you. Go in, go in full speed well, ahead. If it were just me, that would be a different deal, but I have to, I got to look out for those people. You know, I got to take care of folks. Yeah. Are, are you going to participate in preparing the meal? I will do what I'm told. Normally, um, my job is to cook the turkey, so um, I do a turkey on the green egg. A regular, a regular cooking of the turkey? Or are you going deep fried or whatever? No, you I'll do. I've got a green egg, so a smoker. So we smoke a turkey, and yeah. uh, it, it, you know, I like that because it allows it to be very moist. Generally, it's not a, a dried out bird, if you will, and mm-hmm. it's about a four and a half hour cook time. So I'll get up early Thanksgiving morning and do that and uh it's kind of a tradition or it's become a tradition it's kind of fun there'll probably be some football games on there tomorrow. will there will you know that that's we used to go to uh, we, we'd do it with mom and dad and then we would go to jackie's mom and dad's in cookville and uh, we would watch the football games after we ate the big meal yeah which was a well. big mistake because we'd fall asleep <laughs> usually asleep. about the first quarter i mean it was unbelievable now the same teams play on thanksgiving right over and detroit over. always plays uh, and the, line. the cowboys uh the cowboys usually play okay so it's yeah i don't know how that tradition got started well but. the cowboys are terrible this year they probably won't be worth watching but it, it, it's entertainment we can yeah. you, you can uh it, it's your place you'll have uh very bright people sitting there um uh, enjoying you know the, the i hope nobody mentions politics I, I, I that would be a bad thing that would ruin the entire turkey you know the good thing is that's mm-hmm. not in our family normally we don't talk a whole lot about that mm-hmm. uh cynthia's brother thomas is a big detroit's fan and so ah. Uh, I don't know if they play the early game or the late game, but that will occupy probably a lot of our discussion. Football will, so that's good. Seems seems appropriate for Thanksgiving. It, it, it's it's the one of the best times that that I know of for family to get together. I, we've we've always had three particular holidays that meant more to us than any other. Of course, Thanksgiving was right there at the top with Christmas, right, and then the Fourth of July. There, okay. there, there's something about that. We would have large family get-togethers in each one of those holidays. Now, what are you doing? What's your plan for Thanksgiving? Uh, going over to Jason's, my son Jason. Okay. And uh, uh, each everybody's bringing uh, something special okay. for the meal, yep. except for me. What are you Except bringing? for me. See, I am totally inept. You're bringing I, my, yourself. My kids, if they were listening, they would tell you. I can't do anything. I, I can't do anything with my hands. I, I, I am just... Um, I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't build. I can't fix anything. And I sure can't cook anything. We're going to take a quick break since Ronnie gave me that question. And we're going to, we'll be right back with you. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
if you're looking around your home and it's looking like it's time to update, we can do anything as far as painting, new flooring, anything that you're looking for. If you can dream it, we can turn it into reality. They already did a great job on our bathroom, so when we decided to redo the playroom, Farrah Construction was the only one we called. This is Ron Hall with Farrah Construction. 615-893-6120. That's Farrah Construction Company. Main Street Murfreesboro is continuing the Take the Pledge Challenge to support locally owned businesses in the historic downtown. Plan to shop Small Business Saturday after Thanksgiving, November 28th, all day. Bring your family and friends downtown, eat, walk around, and find unique gifts for the holidays. Grab BizBucks $5 coupons to be used at participating shops downtown that day and the following week. Get your BizBucks at any Wilson Bank and Trust for small businesses in downtown Murfreesboro. Bud's Tire Pros makes buying tires simpler, so you can get back to when being on the move was carefree. For a limited time, get up to a $120 reward card after submission when you bundle at least two new qualifying Michelin or BF Goodrich passenger or light truck tires, as well as select Michelin motorcycle, scooter, and bicycle tires. Or get a $120 reward card per purchase of four new Michelin Cross Climate 2 tires. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. Find out more at BudsTireProsTN.com. See store for complete details. Offers valid from November 18, 2020 through December 9, 2020. Void where prohibited. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Get to French's Shoes and Boots for their huge Black Friday sale. Leather work boots from $29.99 or any style of Tennessee work boot for just $69.99. Plus, all designer handbags are 50 to 70% off mall prices. Find incredible door busters and once-a-year prices all Black Friday weekend long at French's Shoes and Boots. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Murfreesboro detectives are investigating a fraud case that involves a woman accused of stealing a wallet from a shopper at Publix November 15th. The victim's credit cards were used on some $7,000 worth of merchandise from Sam's Club. The unidentified woman is still at large. Rockvale High School student Taylor Bell is making history as being one of the first female Eagle Scouts in Rutherford County. Taylor Bell earned her Eagle Scout Award earlier this year while in Troop 2019 at Trinity United Methodist Church. Her Eagle Scout project was to design and build an obstacle course in agility for Rutherford County Sheriff's canine officers. We sometimes go in and watch, and I get to see the dogs train on it, and they use it every week to train, and they do different scenarios, and it helps the dogs out in the field whenever they encounter stuff like that. Bell has received her rank of Eagle Scout and will be nationally recognized in February. Murfreesboro police have a suspect in custody in connection to a convenience store robbery on Monday. Investigators say 19-year-old Chad Evans Jr. of Murfreesboro entered the stop and go on New Sedum Highway and took cash from the register. He remains in the Rutherford County Jail on a $4,000 bond. A senior citizen escaped injury when a woman she gave a ride to threatened to kill her and carjacked her vehicle Monday on Central Valley Road. The 71-year-old was not injured but flagged down another driver who contacted the sheriff's office. 
A person with cash and credit cards and her cell phone were in the car that was carjacked. When she called her bank to freeze her account, she learned her credit card had already been used at several stores in Nashville. News on demand 24-7 on our website, WGNSRadio.com, or like us on Facebook.com slash WGNSRadio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hi, my name is Kim Ellsworth from Furniture Innovation. I invite you to come out for a Black Friday sale. Furniture Innovation, Black Black Friday sale through Monday, 50% off. We have dining room, bedroom, and living room furniture in stock. Financing available with no credit check needed. The first 50 customers on Black Friday can enter to win up to $1,500 in free furniture. Black Friday till Monday. Furniture Innovation in the old family video store on Northfield Boulevard. FurnitureInnovation931.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. A wind advisory is in effect for the forecast area. We'll see a few scattered showers and storms here this afternoon. Cloudy high in the upper 60s. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 58. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I'm back with Ronnie Martin. Uh, Ronnie, um, with the city growing like it is right now, what do you, where do you believe that the largest amount of growth is going to be? in Murfreesboro over the next five years? And that's kind of a bad question, I think. But I I, kind of, everywhere I go, it seems to be just absolutely exploding. Right. Well, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about Cherry Lane, and and there there is a lot of work proceeding to um, try to get those roads in place over the next, you know, three to five years, which Mm -hmm. is probably what it would take to get them in place to build them and, right-of-way acquisition and get the roads built and all that sort of thing. But um, while that is being done, obviously, you know, there will still be growth in the city, and so where that will that be? I think probably the best answer I could give, uh, you know, we have talked about, we had uh, Darren Gore um, on the show, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Murfreesboro is facing a, a sewer capacity issue. There's some constraints yeah. we have there. And, you know, the more we look at that, the more I learn that, it's not just a, a discharge um, capacity issue, meaning how much of that um, retreated water that we can put back into Stones River. Of course, for those that do not know, you know we've got a, um, an open system where we pull water from Stones River. Mm-hmm. We treat that water. Uh, we, we distribute that water in the, the city. Uh, and then when the water goes back out the drain, 
uh, it goes into the sewer treatment plant. Mm -hmm. We treat that water, and then it goes back into the Stones River. So it cycles through. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of – Darren mentioned this when he was on the show, you know, maybe a couple of months ago, that mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of data showing the quality of water improvements downriver of where we're discharging water, mm -hmm. meaning that the water quality of what we pull out of the Stones River – is not as good as what we're putting back after we treat it, use yeah. it, use it and treat Let's it. Let's hope so. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think the way I would answer that is um, there are certain areas. Um, we have sewer basins where, um, you know, there is more capacity and less capacity in certain areas in the city. Mm -hmm. My guess is, um, you know, if I were a builder or developer, um, I would be looking for areas that have more capacity um, so that it is an easier um, path to uh, finding a property, getting it rezoned, you know, to, to fit my specific uses. Is and that an attractive area for people to come in and, and, and buy homes that are that are large homes let's let's say expensive homes to to build is is, is that would be would that be more attractive than on the other side of town you know i think large homes are things that um depending upon who you talk to you know we have some of those mm -hmm. in in murfreesboro a large home is what I would consider to be today a, a, a six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar home. Those are large homes. Maybe yeah. they're just expensive. But you know what's interesting is, uh, and I guess the right term to use would be expensive homes. Homes rarely do you find a home in Murfreesboro right now that's being built that's over thirty two, thirty three, thirty four hundred square feet. Mm -hmm. um, some of the older homes are larger than that, but homes have gotten obviously more expensive and. You know, if you put a 175 to $200 per square foot price point on a new construction home, you know, um, 3200 to 3500 is really the max of what the market will tolerate. So, yeah. you know, I think to your point, I think the larger homes uh, are less dense. Um, in many ways, that's more attractive to the community because, um, you know, you're putting fewer cars, there's fewer resources that um, a, a six or seven hundred thousand dollar home on a quarter or half acre lot is using less resources than you know 50 homes um, on stacked up townhouses mm -hmm. on a two acre lot if you will or something and, and 50s that number is too big let's call it 12 to 15 it's probably closer yeah but anyway I, I think to your question the development will go where capacity is where the sewer capacity is I think that, um, you know, there is a good market for more expensive homes in Murfreesboro, but uh, having worked and, and, and work with a, lot, a large number of custom home builders, you know, a lot of custom home builders are just not willing to build speculative inventory that sits out there, especially during all the economic things we've experienced this year. Most of those people are wanting buyers in advance. Uh, many banks would want pre-sold contracts where you know someone has already agreed to purchase a home and mm -hmm. there's an agreed upon price and you know all the details and so everybody's everybody feels safer about that transaction rather than someone just building ten seven hundred fifty thousand dollar houses you know in the city that's that's risky and expensive and um so i, I think it will i think development will go where the resources and infrastructure are to mm -hmm. uh to do that you probably well you wouldn't remember it but 
the the county bought uh, Guy James's property right uh, years ago, 400 acres, mm -hmm. and uh, it was um, going to be uh, maybe utilized as a, a landfill type situation. Okay. And the uproar was unbelievable in right. Las Casas, as you might understand. Right. Yep. And uh, uh, those type things have seem to turn off people when they're looking for a home. Mm -hmm. and, you mean and, a landfill? I can't imagine a landfill would do that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I smell the landfill downtown these days. So, But where you're talking about out toward Cherry Lane, right. it's, it's not that far from the landfill itself. Yeah, and you know you've seen this, and we've talked about it. Um, there is, uh, and I don't know. I, I'm not an expert, so I don't know. Um, but there's been a lot of information, a lot of commentary related to the um, increased odor that um, the landfill's putting out. Mm -hmm. uh, I shared with you that I even had a lot of conversation with Representative Brian Terry. Mm -hmm. That um, you know he he felt very strongly that. In addition to the landfill, there were some issues with the the sewer, uh, Murfreesboro City sewer. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I'm not here to say that uh, every inch of pipe, you know, everywhere in the city of sewer smells like roses. Um, so I'm not going to say that. What I will tell you is, um, again, Darren Gore is is the guy that's responsible for he that. He does a great job too, and he he is smart, yeah. and he's um, a great communicator, and he understands his business, and I think he's a good leader of that group, and he's been very proactive. You know, he he's been out anywhere we've had complaints about that, we've responded, we have tried to do some, um, you know, so, sort of some superficial things to. Uh, help you know deodorize and and create a, a more gentle uh, smell around mm -hmm. those areas that might have a little odor to them. But you know the more um, the more time I spend thinking about that and reading about it, and and again earlier this week I think it was Monday when I came out of my house. Of course I live downtown now. I could smell the landfill downtown, and so I do know. And I'm not picking on the landfill. I do know the landfill. Um, is drilling. Go some. ahead and pick on it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I don't think any of us, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. If yeah. we knew Murfreesboro was going to be as big as it was, um, we probably would have pushed that landfill even further out. That That's not a good excuse to, you know, have a landfill and, and say, let's push it out to the county even further away from where we are. But, you know, the city has kind of grown out there, and so there are a lot of people being impacted by that. Was it the right thing to sell the county landfill? You know, again, easy to second-guess those things. I, I wasn't around. I do not know. Uh, but I do know that, um, you know, Republic, who owns the landfill now, for people that don't know that, you know, they know it's an issue. I think they're spending – there was something I read that they were committing, uh, you know, a million four to drilling methane wells to try to alleviate <clears throat> some of that odor. I think that's the at least a partial remedy that they feel like will help that. Um, but, but the other thing that people that I think we, you know, take for granted, it's very easy. So it's Thanksgiving holidays, talk mm -hmm. about things we take for granted. Um, we have not had, uh, if you live in the city until we impose the trash fee recently, you know, everybody in the city re received free trash pickup and you live in the County, your, your yeah. trash pickup is not free. You know, you pay for that. Don't no, you? I don't. Do you not? You no, doing? I take mine. Oh, you take it yourself. I take mine to the land over on uh, Bradable Pike. Yeah, I, I take the it convenience over there, center. The convenience yep. center. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, so it, it's not that difficult. It's me. not, um, and but but it's free, so you don't you don't have to pay anything. Yes, I do. Well, I understand. It's it's, it's a it's about um, let's see ten miles. So whatever amount of fuel. gas, I, <laughs> fuel in your time. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good way to look at it. That's yeah. the way we look at Wearing it. Wear and tear on my car. Hey, that's why we charge a fee in but the city. I, it's the most beautiful drive. If you've never <laughs> been down Big Springs Road and and over on that particular end of the county, that, it's all hilly and just absolutely gorgeous. That's we don't have that in the city, but that's why we charge a fee because we've got big trucks. You people in the city, see, you need to get out more. See what's around you and have. You know, I, have, I hadn't told you this, but you know, one of my, Cynthia and I's favorite things to do has become, uh, I live at the corner of Lytle and Manny, and yeah. it is a really busy intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, people use Manny to go through back to the Oaklands area, and there's a lot of traffic. You know, there's a lot of residential housing, old housing back in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've gotten to where we call it front front porch talks, but we've gotten to where one of our favorite things to do, we'll sit out on the swing on the front porch. And um, I, I actually think I said when Raymond Hillis was on the show with us, mm-hmm. uh, who, again, is one of my favorite people, um, I think I said I'm uh, 15 feet from the road. I think I'm actually 25 feet from the street because I went home and walked this off. Yeah. But 25 feet is not a lot uh, to be from the street. Um, but people walk down the sidewalk, and, and, they're, and, and, and they're all friendly. And they are friendly, and Cynthia yeah. and I will sit out there and chat with people and wave at people, and we really like that. You should come to the city more. You're out there by yourself. I'm in the city all uh, driving <laughs> through, uh, but I, I try to, you know, speed up at my place. It's, it, I am by myself, and, and um, you, you know, even by yourself, you can enjoy a lot of things, but uh, I, I, I do miss company. I, I, when the quarantine hit, I thought I was going to go absolutely crazy. Well, you need to come do front porch talks. We've got a rocking chair. You can't have the swing, mm-hmm. but you can sit in the rocking chair with us. Well, uh, I don't uh, uh, on Bradable Pike. I've been uh, I have sat there with uh, Greg and Mentriette on the front porch, okay. and had some of the best conversations and just in, enjoy it. And you don't see any cars or hardly anything going by. It's just way out and kind of like a um, I, I, I guess it, it, it's like a dream world, you might say. Well, I will tell you this. Cynthia and I had a conversation today about another house downtown, and we were having this discussion about would we like would we like our house better or that house better. And uh-huh. one of the things that came up was how the front porch faces and the amount of traffic that it faces. Mm-hmm. And it would have been more private, and there would have been less people around. And we agree we didn't like that. We like the idea of it being constant activity so that we could see somebody constantly coming by and have a conversation. More more gas fumes, though. Yeah, it what is. You think That's probably why that. we feel so good. See, I thought it was the wine. You're telling me it's the carbon monoxide from the from the gas fumes. Who was whining? Me. <laughs> well, I, Cynthia was whining. I was drinking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bless her heart. <laughs> it, it, it seemed like um, your, your particular age group, yeah, you, you guys never seem satisfied with with people like my age group. We're we've we've just been happy no matter where we are. Huh? Why is your mouth open? <laughs> I'm thinking about what you're saying. You know, what's interesting is I think we get bored, and I don't think it's happy. easier. Is it because you're in the the uh, computer uh, age or, or you know, what? I think. I think I'm not making excuses, but I think that's a possible explanation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 
we, I think we stay so stimulated mm-hmm. all the time. We stay so engaged all the time that when we have downtime, sometimes it feels like we're not doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we stay so engaged. Yeah. And and I'm I'm Cynthia would tell you I'm extremely guilty of that. When we sit on the front porch uh, last Saturday, we sat out there for three hours. And she kept fussing at me, and she said, "Will you sit still?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "You're fidgety." She's like, "You mm-hmm. never stop moving." And I said, "Do you want me to leave?" And she was like, "No, I want you to stay. I just want you to be still." And so I sometimes don't even realize I do that. Maybe you need to uh, learn how to play a guitar and I sit would, out there like Andy Griffith and Barney. And I would love to learn how to play the guitar and B and all all that stuff. I have zero artistic talent, musical talent. I can't do any of that. My kids have that. You know, but I, I'm terrible at that. You know, it's such a beautiful place that you have there. Uh, why? Uh, it, it looked to me like you would have invited everyone over for a Thanksgiving dinner there. I was thinking about, on a regular basis, getting my grill out and cooking and just feeding people that walk by. I think that'd be fun. Hey, that would be great. Yeah. And, Meet and, your neighbors. Here's a hot dog. Here's a hamburger. Yeah. And 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 tell them about the great bank that that, that they got do that. That, that downtown. That's right. and two blocks here. You can walk down there. And don't walk you to know Bill bank. Jones would love that? I bet you he would be your very first guest. You think he, I could put a chef's hat on him and he'd help cook? I doubt that. <laughs> he might fast. I don't. I don't see that. Yeah. Him or Ed Lowry before him or or any of that. Uh, hey, we'll go do it at Ed's house. We need to have a Christmas party at his house. He's got a. Have you been in his place? Yes, I have. And and I tell you, if I was going to go, if I had my pick of all the places to go have a barbecue out or whatever, it would be on top of his place over mm. there with a full view of the city of Murfreesboro. Now that that would be. Just unbelievable. I, I I admire that from the outside, but I've never been inside it. So it, you haven't? Mm-mm, no, sir. I hadn't been invited. If they invite you over, take your swimming trunks with you. They have a pool up there too. Uh, it, it's one of those where you're swimming against the water. Oh, that's cool. I don't know exactly what the term is uh, at, at all, but um, so you have a bowling alley and a movie theater in there as well. No, I didn't see a bowling alley. It's probably on like because I think there are like five floors underground there, right? He's got like. It's like 10 floors. It, it's just... Yeah, the elevator goes forever. <laughs> I, I, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Jack Benny's old house that he had on television where each floor had a specific thing, and, and it was uh, secured as it went down. If you, In one place, if you got out, there was a tiger ready to eat you and, <laughs> and all that. But at the very bottom level, he had all of his money in a safe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So you'd have to tunnel into that to get to it. Yeah. You couldn't get past the tiger. Yeah. Now, is there anything else going as far as I, I know that – did we say anything about the um, the the monies that was given to the small bit? Did we say anything about that? No, we talked about it beforehand. So I mentioned that um, – we are actively encouraging our folks to, um, if if you received a PPP loan through the mm-hmm. CARES Act. Um, that doesn't sound very nice, does it? Which part? CARES Act? PPP no, loan. I thought CARES Act is pretty nice. Oh, okay. Because we care, uh, right? Uh, okay. Um, we're, we're encouraging folks to... Um, you know, to apply for forgiveness. Part of that is mm-hmm. based on the fact that, you know, we wanted some institutional knowledge related mm-hmm. to the application process. We wanted to get some things to the SBA to see um, how it would work. We also wanted to make sure that we did not encourage people to do that at, 
in the midst of, you know, forgiveness changing, the applications changing, and sort of the target moving mm-hmm. um, like it constantly moved. We talked about this when we were making the loans. Yeah. It was really challenging to know what you were talking about because things were moving around. There was this, uh, I forget the term, but maybe uh, initial uh, revised and final guidance that kept coming out, mm-hmm. which did it was all counterintuitive. It was clarification, but it was temporary clarification, and yet it was final clarification, and yet they redid that multiple times, so that was confusing. But, you know, we, we have had, um, just in my team and my small group, about half of our loans, um, those folks have applied for forgiveness. We've had one that has been forgiven. Um, we have several more at the SBA right now being decision. So if, you know, my encouragement would be if you've got a PPP loan and, uh, you know, you need to talk to your banker, but um, if if there are, um, if there's not some overriding reason for you not to do that, my encouragement would be to kind of get that in the process. And, you know, the other thing we wanted to do too, in order to provide, you know, good advice and good service to our clients, if if I worked on one PPP forgiveness loan, a month, you know, or a week, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be as competent and I'm not going to know as much as I might do if I'm working on 24 all at the same time because, you know, borrowers have some of the same questions and they have some of the same challenges and that kind of thing. And so we made an, uh, uh, a, uh, um, a special focus or a um, uh, considerate um, decision to say conscious, that's what I'm looking for, conscious decision to uh, kind of group everybody, lead them down that path together so that we could provide um, the best counsel to them as they're going through it. So it's been, so far, it's been a good process. It's been important to stay ahead of the game, hasn't it? It is. And, both, uh, for, both for the the, uh, the, the one that you, you've helped out and for the bank itself because to be able to stay uh, focused on, on what is going to be best for uh, each individual you, you've got to stay on it. Well, and two, you know, um, all of us have been through, you know, 2020 has been a, a really stressful year. Yeah, it sure has. Um, on individuals, families, mm-hmm. businesses. I mean, everybody, it's just, it's been really hard. And mm-hmm. so like anything else, you've got people that have received PPP loans that um, have followed the rules, have stayed abreast of everything that's changing. They understand the documentation requirements to go through. And then you've had others who got the money and hadn't looked, hadn't thought about it since the day they got it. And they mm-hmm. got it in, you know, April or May or June of, you know, 2020. And so there's three or four or five months that have gone by and they've not done some of the things they should have done or, or kept up with it the way they should have kept mm-hmm. up with it. So it's going to be a little painful. It's like, if you're a small business owner trying to do your taxes and not having kept up with any of that all throughout the year, and then in January trying to go through 12 months of bank statements and receipts and expenses trying to figure out how to file your taxes, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a big but mess. But the bank's going to be there to help. Yeah, that's why, again, we wanted to encourage folks to go through together. Yeah. Um, that way that if, if you were a borrower and, you know, John Smith and Sally Doe was a borrower that – you would probably have some of the same questions and concerns across the board. And so it, 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 we felt like it gave us the best opportunity to, to really be helpful to, to the yeah. group. And, you know, most people, um, if, if they are eligible for, give, for forgiveness, you know, it's like anything else. You want to kind of check that box and get that, get that behind you. One quick question. Sure. We've got to wrap up the show. Which business, small business, which type of small business, 
has been more affected by this virus than any other? I would say restaurant, um, hospitality restaurants. So, yeah. you know, your local uh, mom and pop restaurants, not your chains, yeah. um, but those people that um, live in our communities, open a storefront, you know, serve you breakfast and lunch. It has been tough because you, you think there were weeks where literally those restaurants were shut down and we mm-hmm. had mask mandates where you couldn't go out. You weren't supposed to be out. When they reopened, you had to figure out how to keep people six feet apart. You know, and a lot of people are very critical of wearing a mask in a restaurant and then sitting down and taking it off and talking and eating the whole time without a mask. But then you got to put a mask back on when you walk out of the restaurant. That seems a little, you know, counterintuitive of if I'm going to sit and talk the whole time and everybody in the restaurant doesn't have a mask on, why would I be wearing a mask in? And I think it's things like that that have been so hard for the hospitality, specifically the restaurant industry, to try to adapt to. And look, from a loss of revenue standpoint, I mean, those are some of the folks that have suffered the most because if people, if you can't open your doors or you're having to seat at half capacity, um, you know, you got to be full um, to even try to maintain the minimal amount of revenue to help cover expenses. So I'd say restaurants has been tough. Well, we're running out of time. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. And, and, and uh, I hope that uh, everything goes well for you. Thank you, Trent. Ronnie, because you have done such a great job. And I appreciate uh, the, the the impact that you have had. We're not going in the feed, but the impact you personally have had uh, with, with being uh, one of the city councilmen and being there for us. And I'm talking about for people here in Rutherford County. So. Yep. Thank you very much. You've been a great friend to us this year. We appreciate it. You're a great friend. All right, guys. We will see you Monday morning. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Thank you.